As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome into the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Michael Beller, Jake Seeley, Brandon Funston here with you. On today's episode, we are going to do another edition of In, Out, or No Doubt. We are going to take a look at the players receiving hype from our Athletic NFL beat writers. Uh, we canvassed all the beat writers earlier this week in the fantasy department to ask them who's been standing out to their eyes in training camp. These are people who have been at every single practice on the ground watching things up close and personal for the better part of a month now. These guys know exactly what is going on. You're going to want to read that full column. I pulled out five of the guys who I felt were most interesting for us to talk about on this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Always interesting is Jake Seeley. Jake, what's going on, man? I'm uh, ready for the fantasy season to really get into gear with these final two weeks where we know the this is where the drafts really kick up the notch and oh, the comments come flying. I'm super excited about that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, are you actually are are you are you ready for it, Jake? Are you ready for <laughs> no. like one thousand comments no. on a story? Uh, no, I'm I'm already like keep trying to keep. I got five <laughs> articles. I keep having to check back on to see like where people are dropping in their questions and comments, trying to answer all of them. It's it's already full blot. Uh, the dam broke. The dam broke already. <laughs> uh, I broke the dam. I broke the dam. Jake, you got that? South Park reference, yes. Boom, yes. I knew I could count on you for that one. Brandon Bunston, I saw your big board up on the site. Uh, how, how are the comments feeling for you? Oh, it's been, it was actually kind of nice. It wasn't too bad. It wasn't too contentious. Uh, but I've already changed my mind on a bunch of rankings already. So <laughs> really, you, you got to put something up like that. You got to be like Jake, where you just change it every time something happens. But uh, I'm not signing up for that. So I'm, I'm a half editor. <laughs> I'm more, I'm more like three quarters editor, so I don't, I don't yeah. have to make the changes to things on the side all the time. That's just that's that's the way it goes. That's the way it goes when you get into those uh, higher up positions, <laughs> right there, right, Mr. Funston, the editor here in the uh, fantasy department for us at the Athletic. We're gonna get into some beat writer hype players uh, here, right, and now I want to start you guys with Damian Pierce, Aaron Reese, our Texans beat writer, wrote this up. This is one that we've been talking about in the fantasy world for quite a bit, but we didn't talk about him last week when we were getting into our training camp hype 
players. So let's hit on Damian Pierce, who over the last week in NFFC drafts has an ADP of 87.42, makes him RB31. I have a feeling that might climb a couple of spots higher as we get closer and closer to week one. Jake, you've been beating this drum for a long time. You had a bold prediction for Damian Pierce to be the first 1,100-yard rusher for the Texans since uh, Arian Foster back in 2014. I have a feeling you are going to love getting Damian Pierce if you can get him as RB31. Uh, I'm in. I'm not no doubt all in, though, because I'm right here with this spot. I have him at 29, only because now you start talking about the names in front of him, and how do you put him higher? Because Love Damian Pierce talent. I think he yeah, potentially because of the situation with Brees Hall, maybe it's a 50 50 split worst case scenario over there. And then injury to Ken Walker. So like maybe he's the best rookie running back, but who's directly in front of him? Chase Edmonds, Clyde Edwards, Alaire, Damian Harris, David Montgomery, Elijah Mitchell, Brees Hall, AJ, De- like maybe he jumps over two or three of those, but what's really killing him is still this team. And mm-hmm. we know it's going to be one of the worst offenses in the league. Maybe they surprise us. Maybe we're dumb. Maybe Davis Mills makes everybody look dumb. And we're all shocked. I referenced that last year on the show and said, remember he was supposed to be the, the next great Andrew Luck when back in college and replace it. And then all of a sudden that didn't go as planned, clearly. But, you know, Davis Mills takes a huge step forward. The offense takes a huge step forward. Brandon Cooks, Nico Collins, Brevin Jordan, all of a sudden the Houston Texans are shocked in the world but on the odds of that happening we have to play the odds we can't draft him as if that definitely is good like mm-hmm. my bowl prediction we're not drafting Damian Pierce as the bowl prediction which would put him a top 20 running back so I am in but if he starts creeping into the RB2 territory now you are buying all the risk which I always say every year do not buy all the risk yeah I mean look at Jonathan Taylor on the Houston Texans last year he was number one in fantasy at the running back. Where does he finish if you spent his whole season on the Houston Texans last year? On the Colts and the Texans? <laughs> you, confused you said that confused. on the Houston Texans. I was like, <laughs> wait, what happened no, no, with no, no, Taylor? No, no. <laughs> like, if you were to take what his situation in India, like, I'm just like trying to do like a you know like a thought experiment here. Mm-hmm. Is he is he RB fifteen? Is he RB twelve? Like he would still be good. You gotta come. You gotta overcome the fact that look at Houston had the 14th most running back carries in the league last year, 377. They were dead last in running back rushing yards. So, you know, you would like that to be at least even or or a little bit above that on the rushing yards, right? Like you like even a little bit below. You could like you could dismiss right. But there's a huge gap. Yeah, it's not a talent. It's I mean, there was bad talent in that backfield, but it's not all about the mm. talent there. It's about everything else around him. So there has to be a big improvement there. I think Damian. You might Pierce, want to compare Joe Mixon instead, though. I know that was a bad. That <laughs> well, was a bad offensive line. It was so. Well, I mean, that, well, because I was going to say if you chop off sixty points, which would be ten touchdowns and you know another yeah. thirty. 300 yards you still get the third best running back for Jonathan Taylor so I was gonna say for your point you might want to use Joe Mixon as a better example okay next time I'm I'm saying he would be good but like there's still a a pretty serious headwind in Houston so how much better are they on the offensive line I mean how much better can they you know actually score the football and get guys close but Damon Pierce is an upgrade for sure over Uh the you know over the the graveyard that they have had there and I'm not putting a whole lot of credence in Marlon Mack coming back from an Achilles injury I'm just not so well uh, here's what i'll give you let's take my bold prediction mm -hmm. and say do you think six touchdowns sounds like a reasonable rushing mark for him yeah and then we'll say 34 receptions and 224 yards sounds reasonable 
I'm just throwing that out there because that's Dalvin Cook last year, 191. And that's RB15. That feels like that's probably his ceiling. Yeah, that feels totally yeah. reasonable, though. Those and like, I'm, I'm, I'm RB30, so I am in on him. But I agree with mm. you. It's hard to get him any higher because of the names you hate him. that are there. Uh, I had to put Rashad <laughs> Penny in front. I don't think Ken Walker's coming back until like October, to be honest with you. Oh, no. I, 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 with the, I had Pierce in front of both, and now I have Penny in front of Pierce as well. Yeah. I'm yeah. with you. Yeah, that's uh, that's unanimous as well, and I feel about the same way with Pierce. I'm not going crazy to get him. We still know how uh, context-heavy this running back position uh, is once you get past the guys who just have that upper-crust talent like Jonathan Taylor. Um, but still, this is a decent enough situation. I do think that he ultimately rises to the top of this depth chart in such a way that he is you know, not completely owning the backfield, but generally owning the backfield, and that you're more often than not going to be happy enough to have him as uh, as someone who, maybe not an every single week starter, but someone who you can turn to quite often as a fixture in your fantasy lineups. Let's get to Drake London here next. Josh Kendall writing about Drake London doing very well in his, his first career training camp. We know the story here in Atlanta. It's going to be a lot of Drake London. It's going to be a lot of Kyle Pitts. It might not be a whole lot of anyone else, and we're all counting on Marcus Mariota to be at least a competent, serviceable quarterback to get London and Pitts to the heights that we want them to be. London, 83.73 overall, wide receiver 41. Funston, this feels like a pretty good spot for me. What about you? Yeah, I think I have a wide receiver 38, so I'm in the general range. I'm in. It's a volume play. I have serious concerns, much like the Houston thing with Damian Pierce, like serious concerns about the team context and Marcus Mariota and he's you know he's leaned on he's leaned on tight ends in the past he's been hit and miss with his wide receivers can he I mean the thing about Drake London though is he's a big kind of power forward target I think that lends itself better than someone who you have to hit you know hit on on you know just when it's all about time I think Drake London's a guy that can win 50 50 balls can be a post-up kind of receiver so I I think it's going to be okay in that regard but I think Atlanta could be the worst offense in the league potentially I think they have I think their odds should be (laughs) very good to be in like the bottom three in the league in offense so I worry about that but I mean, it's just who else is there outside of Kyle Pitts? I, literally, I mean, in yeah. the passing game. It's these so, two guys. I mean, you, you have to. You have to just lean into that volume. Yeah, this is, for me, 100%, no doubt. But uh, all in, throw my chips all into the middle of the table mm-hmm. because this is Kyle Pitts last year for 68 receptions, 1,026 yards, and one touchdown. That would make him wide receiver 34 if he played wide receiver. And what do we have here? wide receiver 34 when he's going wait like I, I think we all that my point being all expect drake london to be able to do that and more in the touchdown department like a 68 receptions and a thousand yards even with Mariota, is not a high bar for drake london the talent even what as funston said one of the worst offenses in the league which i don't disagree with i just think that there's even room for better 70 something receptions 11 1200 yards or you know three four not not just one touchdown mm-hmm. so i have a wide receiver 33 which interesting enough wide receiver 34 so they, which is still much higher than wide receiver 41 so absolutely 100% and on drake london here yeah, I love playing the volume game. Uh, it's really just going to be those two guys dominating the looks from Marcus Mariota. It's it, you know, it's 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 just an, it's it's a it's a team that we would like to see a little bit better foundation from 
of course. I mean, that's what we want for our fantasy guys. You want everything to be in place, not just the talent and the opportunity, but the situation as well. And the situation in Atlanta is just not really going to be there. But you'll take talent and opportunity. I mean, if I had to take two of three, those are probably the two that I would take. And Drake London's got that. He's got the talent. And he's got the opportunity. Marcus Mariota's not like hopeless. I mean, you know, I, I don't think this is going to be, you know, a just dreadful offense to watch week in and week out. And I think that there could be a little bit of a surprise given some of what uh, the restrictions are on this offense. So Drake London at that price, uh, I'll make this unanimous as well. I think a very, very easy guy to like and really not much more to add to what you guys said about him. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. So that lets us get on to our next guy, and that is Amari Cooper, who is in this same range as Drake London. Wide receiver 35 for Amari Cooper by ADP over the last week, 73.32 overall. We know it's going to be Jacoby Brissett for the first 11 weeks of the season. So, Jake, first, how did the official news about how long it was going to be Jacoby Brissett change the way you had Amari Cooper ranked? And then what do you think about him at this wide receiver 35 press? That's volume, 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 volume. You see what I did there? No, that's why. Because there's nobody else to throw to. It didn't change anything for me. Because you know what it does? Jacoby Brissett's not throwing the ball 30 yards downfield to Donovan Peoples-Jones. Because he can't. And when he's going to try to, it's not even going to get completed. And whether it's David Bell, it's volume. Uh, Amari Cooper... 140 targets with the combination of Brissett slash Winston. So obviously the numbers are going to be better when, or uh, not Winston, Watson. When Watson is out there, Mm -hmm. the numbers are going to go up. He's going to see a better air yards. He's going to see better reception percentage. He's going to see everything, more touchdown upside. But Jacoby Brissett is going through, and since Jacoby Brissett's been in the league, one of he's top seven in targeting tight ends, but he's also top 10 in targeting the intermediate short game because that's who Brissett is. He doesn't throw the ball down the field. So I'm not worried about Donovan Peoples-Jones or David Bell or whoever might be. It's going to be Njoku, which is the reason I was looking that up. It's going to be Njoku and Cooper until Watson gets back. So I'm okay with it because the volume is going to be there. Is it going to be some of the worst per catch numbers? You know what I'll compare it to? Juju Smith-Schuster two years ago with Ben Roethlisberger, who was still in the wide receiver 20s that year as a quote-unquote disappointing season because he was only averaging like 8.9 yards per catch. So just take Juju Smith-Schuster's 2020, slap it on Amari Cooper, and at this price, you're all in because he's a wide receiver 24, 25, 26. 
Yeah, I was just looking up while you were talking. Uh, Jacoby Brissett, he's had two like pretty much full seasons. They were with Indianapolis in 2017 and 2019. In 2017, targeted T.Y. Hilton a little over 100 times. T.Y. Hilton finished as uh, wide receiver 25. And then if you remember, 2019, T.Y. Oh. Hilton played in 10 games. It was like the Zach Pascal year, Chester Rogers. It, it was a... It was a terrible group of receivers, but T.Y. Hilton had 45 catches, 501 yards, and five touchdowns in 10 games. Like he was, he was on a decent pace uh, before he kind of got knocked out. But I'm just saying, it's just kind of to show you that even though Jacoby Brissett has targeted tight ends a lot in his career, you know, a, a solid, clear number one wide receiver can still make hay in fantasy with Jacoby Brissett. And I, I would expect that to happen with Amari Cooper. I'm in on Amari Cooper at wide receiver 35. I actually have him tucked just inside my top 30 still. I had him at wide receiver 22 before the, the Watson news. So I've dropped him about six or seven spots at the wide receiver position, but not dropping him out of the top 30. You know what this exercise has made me feel like, guys, especially as we've gone week by week and gotten deeper and deeper into, you know, really getting into the heart of draft seasons that it's just with everything that we have at our disposal these days with all the tools, with all the research we can do, with all the shows like ours, uh, with how popular this hobby of ours has become, it's just a sharp market, right? Like I want to be like instinctually, I want to be out on Amari Cooper for the obvious reasons, but he's wide receiver 35. Like how bad could bad be for Amari Cooper this season? He's, a, he's too good. He's too good of a player. Jacoby Percent, just like I said with Marcus Mariota, he's not like he's some hopeless dude who's going to fall flat on his face. This is a this team. I would, like, there's a lot of quality up and down this roster. Uh, you know, obviously there's there's uh, there's some deficiencies outside. Uh, Jacoby Percent is not who you want as your starting quarterback if you have Super Bowl aspirations. But outside of that, I mean, there's a lot of good on this roster. This is a good to great defense, arguably the best back seven in the NFL. Like, they're going to be even without Deshaun Watson. They're going to be a competitive team. They're going to play some closely contested games. They're still going to not be this like hopeless garbage fire of a team. And so like, it's just, it, it can't possibly get that bad for Amari Cooper. It's a sharp market uh, that we're, that we're uh, waiting into as we get into our fantasy drafts this year. I'm not going crazy for Amari Cooper. Someone beats me to him. I'm not going to, you know, cry over my beer, uh, but uh, I will be totally fine having him as wide receiver 35 as my third or fourth wide receiver on my team. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. The next guy up on our list here is someone who I am pretty excited about. And these next two guys are actually, I think, really interesting. The two guys who we're going to wrap up the show with. Both receivers, both in new situations this season. One on a new team, new situation. One on a same team, new situation. We'll start with the same team guy first, and that is Cortland Sutton. Of course, the new situation is the quarterback upgrade to Russell Wilson. I love Cortland Sutton, you guys. I remember talking about this earlier in the summer with the two of you and saying, you know, throwing out uh, what DK and Tyler Lockett's stats per game with Russell Wilson were and how what they did just wasn't matching up with where the market was on the Broncos and that at least one of these dudes was going to go way over uh, what the market was pricing him at and that my preference was to go after Cortland Sutton. Well, things have changed a little bit here. Obviously, some of that has to do with the Tim Patrick injury, but we're now looking at Cortland Sutton as 36.62 overall and wide receiver 15. And I love Cortland Sutton, but now I'm starting to think like, whoa, 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 I love Sutton. I love the Russ edition. He's not DK Metcalf, but if someone's going to have something of a DK Metcalf role for the Broncos, it's going to be Sutton. But are we getting a little bit ahead of ourselves? Wide receiver 15? We're talking about a guy who is now rubbing draft day elbows with... 
T. Higgins and DJ Moore, Jalen Waddle, Mike Williams. Like, is that a little much here? I'm starting to think maybe a little bit. Where are you at on this, Funston? I agree. Like, I, I'm a big Cortland Sutton fan, but I, I'm like, what happened? Is he one of the biggest risers in the last couple of weeks? Because like, be. I just turned around and he went from in the you know in the low to mid twenties to wide receiver fifteen, and that's just a bridge too far for me. When you're starting to get into a range of guys that you mentioned, like the T. Higgins and Deontay Johnson, and Michael Pittman and Jalen Waddle and Allen Robinson, guys, even Mike Williams and Brandon Cooks, like there's guys I just I like better, and I I think Cortland, I think a lot of his talent, he's not DK Metcalf in my mind. Uh, can he put up something close? Yeah, I think if all the stars align, but there's Jerry Judy. There's other people in play. There's this is we can't forget about this backfield. They're just not going to let Russ cook to that degree. They have a really strong running game, and I think they're going to play off of that. There's going to be a healthy amount of running the ball as well. I just I don't know. At 15, 15 is like I this is the best that could happen for Cortland Sutton, and I'm going to pay that price. You know, like like. Mm-hmm. As good as it can be for Cortland Sutton, I can imagine it, and it's like wide receiver 15, and I'm going to go ahead and pay that price. I don't want to do that. I don't want to pay that. I don't want to pay that stars aligned price. I want to you know, factor in a little bit of, okay, it might not go completely perfectly, and I want to pay that price. Oh, so you're saying don't buy all the risk. There you go. <laughs> yeah. 100% with That's another way of saying it. You. It's a little bit longer way of saying it, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty it's, much. It's the, the, the problem here is, as you mentioned with Sutton, is uh, I think it's twofold. Is You mentioned the Tim Patrick, Beller, but also it's the report that we saw that when things break down, Russell Wilson's looking for Sutton and not mm-hmm. Judy. Uh, we talked about a couple weeks ago on the show, you mentioned it when we talked about it, and said, you know, Sutton's not a one-for-one one for DK, and he's, you know, Judy's not a one-for-one one for Lockett, but people are trying to make that it's just going to be copy paste realizing they're different wide receivers a little bit different skill sets not one for ones and the fact that you're talking about pure talent versus pure talent i think we'd all on this show i don't want to speak for you guys you tell me if i'm crazy but i think we take sutton over judy as a one for one talent comparison yes. that sutton's the better wide receiver agree so when you hear the addition that the better wide receiver is also because I think we'd go back and say Metcalf is more of a physical specimen and more of a matchup problem than Lockett was. Lockett was just a better route runner and had Wilson's eye when things broke down. Well, if you're going to give that to the better talent wide receiver in Sutton, that's why people went crazy in addition to the Tim Patrick thing. And now he's priced where he basically has to be and more for him to fall in this range of Keenan Allen and T. Higgins and Mike Evans and Hill. and I mean, even DJ Moore, I'll still take DJ Moore. At this mm-hmm. point, and I like Sutton a lot, but DJ Moore, clearly the number one who's been putting up wide receiver 15, 16, 17, 18 numbers every single year. And I just rank him there and people get pissed off. I rank him there because he's just going to finish there, but gets a quarterback upgrade. So does Sutton, but a much bigger piece against him going with Jerry Judy than Robbie Anderson or Rashad Higgins for DJ Moore. And what you mentioned is uh, what Funston just said is this is going to be still a run balanced team. They're not going to all of a sudden leap into, they're going to probably pass more, but they're not going to all of a sudden leap into 650 pass attempts. They're in the mid pack to lower last year. And the Seahawks have been mid pack to lower as Funston knows almost the entire career of Russell Wilson bid there. I mean, even if you want to like, you know, the other change here, of course, in Denver is the new coaching staff and Nate Hackett coming over from green Bay and Aaron Rodgers, obviously putting up monster numbers over the last two seasons. You know, you sort of need to do that if you're going to win the MVP in both of those years. 
But we're talking 526 and 531 pass attempts. It's not like Aaron Rodgers is racking up these. Yeah, right. He's not racking up huge numbers on the back of 650 attempts. It's it's a it's a it's an efficiency game. It's an efficiency game for Hackett. It's always been an efficiency game for Russell Wilson. And you put the two of them together, I think it's still going to be an efficiency game. And so, like, I mean, I love Sutton. I I hate the fact that I feel like I have to pass on him if he's going to be going at this high of a price. But I think I do. Yeah, I just think that this is going to be – it's just a little too much. It's just, as you said, Funston, assuming all the breakout. It's, as you said, Jake, buying all the risk. And that is just not the sort of mm-hmm. game you want to play at all, really. <laughs> if in I'm in the auction, yeah. the first player I throw out is Cortland Sutton. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not – you don't want to play this game at all in the fantasy football world, whether we're talking about the first overall pick, the 50th overall pick, the 100th overall pick, whatever. You certainly don't want to play it when you can – I don't know, at least according to NFFC ADPs, wait a full round and get maybe Gabe Davis, right? Like, I love Cortland Sutton, but if I can wait an entire round and get Gabe Davis, like, you know, it's it's just that, that that's the game that we play. That's part of the game that we play here when we sit down to play fantasy football. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. One more guy to talk about in this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. It is the new situation wide receiver who is on a new team, and that is A.J. Brown. This guy, the highest up on draft boards that we have talked about on this episode. Wide receiver 11, 27.41. I've gone, yeah, I I wanted to get a little bit of uh, Eagles training camp under our belt before I really drew a line in the sand on A.J. Brown. That line in the sand that I'm drawing you guys is no doubt all in. I, I think that you know, everything that we've heard from Eagles training camp has been great, and obviously that's going to be the case. But it's easy to see how the Eagles can use A.J. Brown in exactly the same way that the Titans did. It's easy to see how his skill set can fit with what Jalen Hurts didn't do well last year and how that can open up the Eagles offense and see how the how Nick Sirianni is going to uh, pull that out of uh, of Jalen Hurts and get them doing new things that they weren't able to do last season and so I just I really like AJ Brown in this spot uh, obviously you're going to pass on good wide receivers to take him but I think he should be maybe a spot or two higher I really like him here where are you at on this Jake I actually have a spot lower um wide receiver 12 which means I'm in but I'm not aggressively in or no, I'm not no doubt in or out. Uh, I'm just solidly in. I think he deserves to be in the same conversation as T. Higgins and Mike Evans and Allen and Pittman and DJ Moore. But that's why I say all that is because he's in a tier where I start with Debo and end with Deontay. And it's a tier of like about eight or nine wide receivers. So it's more like if he's there, happy to get him. If he's not, I'm okay passing because you guys know how much – I'm in on Jalen Hurts, but Mm -hmm. I still talk about Jalen Hurts. 
there's going to be a very focused offense. It's you know what compared to is very much like what the Vikings used to be. It's going to be AJ Brown, Devonta Smith, Dallas Goddard. The end. But it's also the backfield. And if Goddard's a little bit more involved, and the backfield's a little bit more involved. And all of a sudden, is even if there aren't a third wide receivers coming into play of Rager, Watkins, or whoever it might be, and it is just AJ Brown and Devonta Smith. What if their shares aren't 23 and 21? What if it's 20 and 18? And now AJ Brown like sees a little bit of tick down just from a volume standpoint. The touchdowns will be there, I think, especially with what I believe in Hurts. But I think there is some volatility in this range. I actually think that DJ Moore is the safer wide receiver in this tier. Keenan Allen's the safer wide receiver. AJ Brown definitively the higher ceiling. AJ Brown could finish outside of this tier with the CD Lamb Adams of the world, but. I think that's why I balanced the two. So I'm in, but I'm not I'm not attacking AJ Brown and I'm okay if I miss on him. I'm absolutely okay if I miss on him. He's wide receiver 17 for me, so I am all Whoa. the way out. <clears throat> You're 17. Out. This is You're the outest all the way out. This is the outest any of us has bet on anyone in any of these shows, I think, Funston. <laughs> this might be the only one I'm out on. I mean, to be honest with you, I think we've gone in the last couple of shows. I think I'm the only My one I'm God, out on. Funston. What is let, let's hear it. Uh, okay, so what's here? Like, we're paying for what would be his best fantasy finish ever. He was wide receiver 12 in, in 2020. Yeah, on a per-game basis, he was a lot better than that. But I think you have to factor in the fact that he has missed, what, six games in the last two years? I wondered mm-hmm. deep down, because we know that he's had issues with his knees, why was Tennessee so willing to not pay the market price for what these receivers are and to let him go so easily. And I'm, I have a little bit concerns that maybe they know something that we all sort of know, which is that he may not age that well, big guy with bulky knees, maybe two, three DMPs is the way it goes for a while. Maybe it gets worse as he gets older, but he's also going to basically the same offense. It's going to be super run heavy, but you have Devonta Smith there. You have, you know, like, they're gonna, it, the, the thing about A.J. Brown, which I don't like, and, and I always try to avoid it, and it's like, you know, it's like D.J. Moore. It's like A.J. Brown's going to have some weeks where he'll literally you know win you the week. He'll have like a two-touchdown week. He'll get like a 70-yard play. It'll be awesome. He has – he'll have those weeks where he catches three for 33, and that's it. And, like, there will be a decent amount of them. That's what it was in Tennessee, and I don't see anything different with the way it is in Philadelphia. And I want – if I'm going to pay wide receiver 11, I want some more consistency assurance from week to week that I'm going to get a guy. Like, I'm going to go for a DJ Moore or a Michael Pittman or, you know, a, a, a lot of those – Allen Robinson. I'd rather have Allen Robinson than, than A.J. Brown. So – um I just I, I I don't love the setup. Like I said, there's going to be some nice hot spots for him, but I see it as Tennessee with a better receiver opposite him than he had in Tennessee. I just I come back to that playoff game that they lost to the Buccaneers. That you know, they actually like didn't like get blown out of the water, and it just felt like there was something missing from their offense, and that something was AJ Brown. And I think well, I'm not saying was... he's not like a positive, re- you know, result on a on a uh-huh. game. Like having AJ Brown, you you want him out there. He's a you know he's a linebacker with uncommon speed for his size and, and like power. And I get it, but like on a fantasy basis, like I I think there's some things you have to be concerned about. I mean, 105 targets last year in 13 games, 106 targets the year before in 14 games. I think that I think that that Philly finds a way to get him more targets on a per game basis. I just think that they they identified a player like him who can open up the middle of the field and make Jalen Hurts throwing over the middle of the field more comfortable for him. It's just something that he 
did well, not do at all last year and didn't do well when he did do it. I think they identified a player like A.J. Brown as someone who could open up their offense in a unique way, and I think that's going to result in him having the highest volume of his career. I know that that's sort of reading into some things, but that's what, I, that's what I feel like with A.J. Yeah, what's up, Jake? And I'm not trying to be glib. I'm no, 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 for legitimately sure. asking you to follow up. If, yeah. if, if you're in on A.J. Brown like this, who's losing? Because is it Devontae Smith, Goddard, or the backfield? Because I'm assuming you, you're not – like all four of these, like Goddard has to take a step. It's similar to the San Francisco situation. If Gainwell and that backfield are still going to combine for 90 targets, if Goddard's still going to get his 90 – like somebody's – got to fall out of this equation here so i think it's a sliver of i think it's a sliver of all of them and i think it's a sliver of everyone and that the offense is a little bit so they're all being overdrafted then and again i'm not trying to like joke you i'm like legitimately like if your scenario comes into play for everybody out there if they're on your page of like understanding like how this tickle trickles down i think it's a sliver of all of them but i also think it's a more productive passing game and we were talking about you know 3100 yards from from jalen hurts last year and where is it? 7.3 yards per attempt. I think I, w- I wouldn't be surprised to see that push up toward 3,508 yards per attempt this season. I think it's just a more productive passing game because of what A.J. Brown does for your offense. I mean, I have him for even more than that. Yeah. <laughs> so, just so you know. So there you go. I think it's it doesn't need to come at that much of an expense of the guys who are there. It can just be that this is a better passing game because A.J. Brown is A, great, and B, a uniquely great fit for what Philadelphia wants to do on offense. That's well, my you can case. sign up for everybody if you like my projections and you have Hurts yeah, going right? over Just get all thousand yards and twenty eight touchdowns. Yeah, there you go. So, so where are you at on like Robert Woods and 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 Traylon Burks? If you have a, I think a more competent passer in Tennessee with a better setup off a of play action, and this is AJ Brown. I don't know if it's a better setup off a of play action when you're not worried about AJ Brown. When it's Traylon Burks who you're worried about and Robert Woods who you're worried about, I'm worried about that whole Tennessee offense. To be honest, I. I I, I don't know. I just think like you, you can't love you can't. I, I don't know. You look at the Philly situation, in Tennessee. They're probably going to be like equally run heavy. Like we have Devonta Smith at the back end wide receiver three, and and AJ Brown as a back end wide receiver one, and we don't have Robert Woods or Traylon Burks even in the I top think, wide receiver three range. No, I think Philly's going to be a much better be offense than Tennessee. Wood, you know. I'm, I'm team Robert Woods. Don't, don't I have, put me I in have that Woods. I have Woods as a wide receiver. <laughs> I have Woods as a wide receiver three. But I'm just saying, I don't think okay. he's going as a wide receiver three in ADP. I right, think Philly's right. going to have a much better offense than Tennessee. I mean, Philly's got maybe the best offensive line in the NFL. Tennessee lost a couple of linemen. Uh, I mean, like this is just. I think this is right. They have Derek, Rod, Rod, Derek Henry, Roger Saffold, and uh, David Quesenberry off to <laughs> Buffalo. Like I think that. Derrick Henry's great. I think there's, I think there is a non-zero risk of Tennessee falling off a cliff this year, and I think Philadelphia is going to have one of the better real-life offenses in the NFL. You're 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 putting a lot of like improvement on Jalen Hurts as a passer. Where I would say I think Ryan Tannehill right now is a better passer. Uh, and we'll see. I mean, I, I, mm-hmm. Jalen Hurts could do, but like compare the backfield. Like we're going to take Tennessee in the yes. backfield. So now it comes down to. The receivers, but it also requires the quarterback distributing the ball. It takes mm-hmm. two to tango in the passing game. So, yeah, offensive line, I'll absolutely give you mm-hmm. there for sure. I, I don't think it's a, I don't think it's a slam dunk. You're talking about the number what, what Tennessee was number one seed last year in the AFC. They were the number one seed in the AFC last year. They could it's fall a, off. It's a still, historical you know, anomaly that we'll we'll all be watching a thirty <laughs> for thirty about in ten years or something. <laughs> what uh, if I told you the fourteenth best team in the league was the number one seed in the AFC? <laughs> <laughs> the 2021 yeah. Tennessee Titans. Oh, man. Guys, that's it. That's it for this episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. And 
before we sign off here on this episode, this is my last episode of the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast. Uh, I have been over the last few weeks uh, in a new job here at The Athletic uh, as the executive producer of The Athletic Football Show. So I've been holding the reins of The Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast as we have been finding a replacement for me. We have found that replacement for me. He will be starting next week. I want to let him make his own introduction, so I'm going to hold that. But uh, if you traffic in this fantasy sports world at all, you are going to know who he is. You're going to be very happy uh, with him being here and the way that he stewards this fantasy football show. First, let me say to my co-host, guys, it's been three plus years here. Jake Funston, it has been awesome doing this with you guys. I'm excited about the new gig. It was bittersweet saying yes to it, however, because I knew it meant the end of our time on this show together. So um, obviously I've said this to you in private, but I want to say it in public as well. I've truly loved doing this show with you guys these last few years. Uh, you both have made it a ton of fun, and I'm going to miss doing it with you. Uh Absolutely concur. You made the three and a half years go by very fast. I'm going to miss uh, arguing about A.J. Brown with you, <laughs> among other things. Uh, but something came to mind when you started saying this is going to be your last show is The Godfather. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. <laughs> I have a feeling you'll you'll at least make a, a random appearance yeah. maybe down the road from time to time. When we, you know, things life happens. Things, That's true. You know, curveballs happen. So you never know. Might not be your official, official uh-huh. last one. Hopefully, uh, you you know, you can get a chance to pinch hit down mm-hmm. the road every once in a while so we can reprise our uh you know our great discussions that we've yeah. had over the years well, thank you funston we'll call it the last show for the time one being the, <laughs> yeah what and when one of the first came full circle and we are all now team austin eckler over aaron jones yeah austin eckler <laughs> austin eckler we are we absolutely are guys again like i don't want to get too sentimental here but it's been awesome doing this with you and uh, hey we're still at the same company I have you have my phone number. I have your phone number. I can see both you guys on Slack. We'll be talking all the time, but uh, we won't be doing this show together all the time anymore. So it's been an absolute pleasure to do it with you, and I just want you to know that. And listeners, it's been an absolute pleasure doing this show for you as well. We couldn't do these shows without you guys tuning in, downloading us, listening to us, letting us live in your ears a couple times a week, every single week. So thank you as well. Do not leave these guys. Jake and Funston are going to be here with you all season long. Nando DeFino, Chris Vaccaro, they are back again this season. Their once-a-week show begins next week. And again, we've got a new host coming your way. You're going to be very happy with who it is and how he does with Jake and Funston. So for one last time, it's Michael Beller signing off on the Athletic Fantasy Football Podcast for Jake and Funston. Thanks again for everything to you guys and to you listeners as well. Talk to you soon.